0: Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hello, and welcome to Get Fact Up. I'm Josh.
0: And I'm Jess, the Queen of Useless Information.
2: I bow down to you, Majesty, or do I? For our regular listeners from Travel Medicine, thanks for coming over and taking a peek at this new venture. For everybody else, welcome. We're starting a brand new all-useless, all-the-time trivia information, and with the Oscars coming up in just a week or two, it seems like it would be an ideal place to go digging for trivia
0: woo Movies! Magic! Glitz, glamour, fun. Yay.
2: Now, as much as I think I know about movies, I could not be called an expert. And so, I want to bring somebody in who actually has quite a bit of knowledge at their fingertips about the entire film industry in general. So let's bring on our guest this week. Hello, Cameron. Hi. Ooh. First, I should offer you a drink. So, Jess, what is... Do we have a drink this week for our for our theme for the Oscars and film?
0: Oh yes, we do. Well, in order to again go into the glitz and glamour theme, we decided to serve today a French seventy-five, which happens to be my favorite cocktail. And a French seventy-five is a champagne and gin cocktail, and is a really quite tastes. In fact, it's the only gin cocktail that I think doesn't taste like a Christmas tree. You combine gin and champagne and a simple syrup and lemon juice. So it's a little bit like a Tom Collins, except you've got champagne thrown in there. So bubbly bubbly. And you shake that up and you serve it in a chilled champagne glass. And you can, the best way to serve it is with a wonderful curled slice of lemon zest.
2: Do you know why it's called a French 75, Jess?
0: No, why is that, Josh?
2: Because supposedly, the combination was felt to have such a kick when it was first invented that it felt like being shelled with a French 75mm field gun back in the days <laughs> of World War I. <laughs> Cameron, we're calling you our expert, but really, since no one can see you and we don't have that fun scrolling little thing at the bottom, why should anyone believe us? What, what qualifies you as an expert in this area? I have, to, I have to prove myself. All right. Not well. to me, sir. I know you've earned it. <laughs> but, we went but to, to the listening audience yeah. out there.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just in possession of an encyclopedic knowledge of film and TV history and random facts. I've been that way since I was a child. I grew up around the industry, went to film school for college, and this is just my wheelhouse of things that I know.
0: I was going to ask, Cameron, have you ever attended an Oscars ceremony?
1: I have not, actually. I don't know why. I have a friend who uh, goes most years, and Mm -hmm. her father has uh, been a producer on many years, but I have not myself been to one of the shows yet. Ah. Hopefully soon.
0: Get in there. I've gone a couple times. It is fun.
2: I do want to play fair. There are people out there who can't or don't drink, and I figured it would only be fair to bring up some kind of non alcoholic cocktail for them to join in as we all get facked up. Now, I could take the easy road and go with a Shirley Temple, but <laughs> I'm going to suggest a Mary Pickford. And now,
0: what's in that?
2: Now, Cameron, I'm just going to quickly quiz you do you know who Mary Pickford was? One of the greatest stars of silent film. Correct. And along with Charlie Chaplin, Douglas Fairbanks helped to co-found the United Artists Film Studio. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, the drink named after her, which was said to be made when she was celebrating creating this studio, is made of white rum, fresh pineapple juice, grenadine, and maraschino liqueur or juice, I would say you simply remove the rum and you enjoy a delightful pineapple juice, grenadine, and maraschino or orange juice, Mary Pickford. So for those of you who don't want to get effed up while getting facted, up, now you have something to enjoy. Sounds good. Okay, so drinks in hand. Let's get our own personal bar trivia going on.
0: All right, so my first question for you guys do you know which Oscar winner is the only recipient to have parents who also won the award? It's very interesting. I'll give you a hint. It's it's a female performer who is known as also a singer and dancer.
2: I was really hoping you would say yogurt advertiser cuz then I would have known.
0: <laughs> no, but you're you're in the right uh you're in the right generation.
2: So not a so the '80s horror generation got it.
0: Well, sort of, but she never did any horror films that I know of. Hmm. Although some might call her career semi horrific in certain points.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking. That, I'm thinking that's starting to sound like Liza Minnelli.
0: You are correct, sir.
2: <laughs> oh, Lucille too.
0: <laughs> Lucille, too, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> a Lucille, oh. Yes, Liza Minnelli, her, both of her parents, Vincente Minnelli and Judy Garland, were both recipients of the Oscar. Judy Garland won as a juvenile, and Minnelli won for, I believe, Gigi. So that's Yes, yeah, so Liza Minnelli is the only recipient to sort of be a legacy, if you will. Who gave the longest acceptance speech for an acting winner? And who gave the shortest acceptance speech for an acting winner?
2: I bet it was the same person. Nope. Oh, <laughs> they are very different
0: and different eras. But but the but the shortest speech would make total sense when you when you figure it out.
2: Because it was a silent film.
0: No. Nope. <laughs> but you want so the guy yeah.
2: just did he just hold up a little cue card that said thanks. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, a hint for the longest speech, done by a woman, first and last names start with the same letter.
1: Let's see who has a first and last same Claudette Colbert. Oh, oh. Nope. Susan Sarandon. Nope. Oh, there you go. I think I'm stumped on that one.
0: The answer is Greer Garson. She clocked in at 5 minutes and 30 seconds.
1: Was this before they started playing people off?
0: Oh, yes, this was this was why they started playing people off. <laughs> 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 but now, the second half of my question, can you guess who is thought to have given the shortest speech?
2: Charlie Chaplin. Is it-
0: no. It's somebody more modern.
2: Matthew McConaughey?
0: Not that modern. By the way, is considered the shortest, I think, just because it was maybe one or two words. I mean, a lot of people just really love this guy, and... Another hint and also some trivia is he happens to also the Gold Jersey Boys.
2: I suppose I'd have to guess Frankie Valley.
0: Nope. I should have also mentioned it's a character in Jersey Boys who doesn't sing.
1: What decade was this winner?
0: I believe he won. It was I think it was the early nineties.
1: Is it is it Joe Pesci?
0: Yes. Wow. <laughs> it is Joe Pesci.
1: The most important thing that I learned here is that he was a character in Jersey Boys.
0: <laughs> yes! And it's one of those things that you, if you're if you not realizing what you're watching, and then all of a sudden you realize that Joe Pesci is the reason why Frankie Valley came to uh, the Four Seasons and all that stuff. It's, it's wild. And so, just wow. to be
2: clear, we're talking about Joe Pesci as both a person and a character.
0: Yes! <laughs> Wrap your mind around that for a second.
2: <laughs> so if I go see this Jersey Boys show, Joe Pesci will step out but it will not be played by Joe Pesci.
0: No, no it will not. Next question that I have for you is what is the longest film to win the best picture award? I'm going to say Ben-Hur. And I'm going to say no.
1: Is it Gone with the Wind?
0: Yes. <laughs> Gone with
1: so... the Wind. So long, Daha-ra-ra-ra! so long
0: that film. <laughs> <laughs> Very long. It's so long, in fact, that now I think they only show it on Turner Classic Movies really, really, really late at night. (laughs) Because when you start watching it, you get sucked in, and then six and a half hours later, you're still watching. Fun movie. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. It's based on the classic novel by Margaret Mitchell, and it's got one of the greatest heroines, one of the haughtiest heroines played by the ravishing Vivian Lee. And, I mean, it's just one of my favorites. And she's got a great tagline, fiddle-dee-dee. I mean, come on. Where else can you get away with saying fiddle-dee-dee?
2: That's my tagline.
0: Oh, that is your tagline. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, (laughs) fiddle-dee-dee.
2: Well, fiddle-dee-dee right back at you.
0: Love it. All right. Well, so
2: so far, Cameron has taken a clear lead here. But, uh, Jess, you have one more question?
0: Okay, yes. One more question. And this one, I thought... Was also kind of interesting. What is the who is the only actress who's won an award for playing another Oscar-winning actress? Oh. Again, getting into that person playing a character that's actually a real person.
2: You're just going to break my mind, and that's not fair.
0: <laughs> I'm going the inception <laughs> route here, you know.
2: <laughs> now we're circling back in. Like, is it is it Joe Pesci? <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I said actress, unless unless no, she has changed.
2: <laughs> Barbara Streisand and Meryl Streep? No, neither one of them really. Neither one of those. Everything I know about film has failed me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think, Cameron?
2: I. I would have guessed Meryl Streep,
1: so now I don't know.
0: Uh, Meryl Streep is, is not even in the picture on this one. But it huh. is actually, I will give you this, the person who was the Oscar-winning actress that said other Oscar-winning actress portrayed, I believe, does hold a record for the most Oscars won by an actress. Most, I, I'm pretty sure, at least she did hold the record. Last oh, night.
1: oh, 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 Kate Blanchett and Katherine Hepburn.
0: Yeah, okay, that was the you know, wow. You got me. You got me. Okay, yes. Yes, it was Kate Blanchett, Aviator, right? Aviator, yeah. Playing Kate Hepburn.
2: I would like to point out for anybody who doubted Cameron's expert credentials, you merely have to compare round 1. And Cameron, I I'm going to have to say as the clear winner of round 1, why don't we learn from you, Nick? Alright, well, my trivia questions that I thought we would talk
1: about have a lot more to do with the actual Oscars telecasts themselves with the shows than with the nominees, although I will get into some of the nominees as well. So, for starters, um, this is just kind of one of those fun little things that we every now and then see a clip of when they're showing famous things that happened throughout the history of the Oscars. Do you know how many times a streaker has ever run across the stage on the Oscars?
0: Oh, I think I do. I think I do. I think I do. It was. I'm
1: happy it's non-zero. So. <laughs> yes.
0: And I know. Who, and I know who commented on it too.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that's the follow-up. There is. Do you know what celebrity was on stage? Yes, it
0: happened? was. It there was. It was only once, and it was David Niven was the celebrity.
1: That's that's correct. It happened in 1974. The man's name was Robert Opel and he became quite famous at the time for flashing a peace sign and running across behind David Niven right before Elizabeth Taylor was going to give the best picture winner that year.
0: <laughs> and didn't David Niven say something about the guy's shortcomings or it was, not, there was there was definitely yes,
1: he, he definitely <laughs> had a very a very British clever quip to get the audience laughing and back on track there. Uh, side note, uh, interesting. That year, David Niven was one of four hosts of the Oscars, Ooh. along with, yeah, four people hosted that year. David Niven, John Huston, the director, Ooh. Diana Ross, and Burt Reynolds all co-hosted the Oscars that year.
0: Interesting.
1: Which leads into my next question. Of all of the Oscars shows throughout history... Do you know how many Oscar shows have not had a host?
2: Or can you take a guess? Now, are you counting the year, like you just mentioned, with four hosts? Or are you talking No, no, about- no. I'm saying with zero hosts. No
1: hosts for the Oscars.
0: I'm going to say two. Once.
1: I'm going to say once. It's actually more than we would think. This surprised me. Uh, five times the Oscars have not had an actual host. The first was in 1939, and that was more of a uh, somber year for the Oscars. And then uh, in 1968, Hmm. uh, 1970, 1971, and 1989, so even fairly recently, they tried an experiment of just not having a host and just having each presenter come out and do their bit and then move on to the next one. Um, and then, uh, technically, I guess you could say this one would go to six because in 1933 there wasn't a host, but there also wasn't even an Oscar show. They just decided to take a year off in the early years there.
0: So, in other words, <laughs> why not? Terrible in 1933, and that's the end of
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is worth recognizing in uh, this year. It is no. too miserable. <laughs>
1: And then uh do you do you either of you happen to know
2: who the very first Oscars were hosted by? I do. Finally! Yes Actor Actor Douglas Fairbanks Senior. That's correct. I um, cheated a little because I know that he was also the president yeah, he, of the of the newly formed Academy. He was. He
1: was one of the founding members of the Academy and so he hosted and um then the following year was uh, William C. DeMille, who was also one of the founding members of the Academy. So then if we stay in this line of hosts, do you know who the very first woman to host to the Oscars was?
2: Whoa.
1: It's a lot earlier than you'd probably think.
2: That was Cameron's subtle way of telling me not to just blurt out Meryl Streep again.
0: <laughs> or Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. Um, that's a good one. Well, I mean, and it's not Diana Ross because you already gave that away. Correct, yes. Uh, so we're talking earlier than, six, what was that, Seven? was that 71 or no, 73 you said?
1: Uh, with the David Niven yeah. co-hosting with her was in 1974. Yeah, much earlier than that, actually.
0: Okay. Um, can you give me an era? Like, what are we like?
1: I'll, I'll go ahead and give you the year. It was twenty-five years
2: before that.
0: Oh, okay. Found in
1: nineteen forty-nine,
2: was it Catherine Hepburn?
1: No, and I don't think that uh, Catherine Hepburn ever even uh, was one of the hosts on the Oscars. Which I'm sure she would have been lovely as a host.
0: Yes. <laughs> It would have been really lovely. Oh,
2: she's, yeah, <laughs> she <laughs> seems like she would have been. How
1: I think she, she was like probably she too used, used to being nominated and winning that yes. she did want to get up on stage to host.
0: Oh, I'm trying. Wow. To... Oh, I'm
2: so... Winning is so tiring.
0: I mean, I I don't believe it was. I mean, not not Judy Garland. I I, I don't even know.
1: No, um, I'll give you one little hint. This this is an actress who was in stage, film, radio, and television. You probably would know her or recognize her more from her role on the TV series Bewitched than anything else.
0: Agnes Moorhead?
1: Yep, Agnes Moorhead was the very first woman to host the Oscars. She co-hosted with Dick Powell in 1949.
0: That's a very interesting combination there.
1: Yeah, and so... (laughs) He was the first woman to host, but she co-hosted, and over the next few decades, several other women co-hosted, including Claudette Colbert, Diana Ross, Shirley MacLaine, Goldie Hawn, Jane Fonda, Ellen Burstyn, and one of your trivia answers, Liza Minnelli, but do you know who the very first woman to host Solo was?
0: Well, that was Whoopi, right?
1: Yes, Whoopi Goldberg in 1994. The very first woman. So. took all the way until 94 for the Oscars to have a woman host solo, but there were many, many other women who co-hosted over the years.
0: I believe she is also the only EGOT recipient to uh, host, and I'll be getting into EGOTs later, but I believe she's the only one who is also an EGOT uh, winner to host. Hmm. So, yes. And I'll explain what an EGOT is later, but it's pretty cool,
2: so... All right, so falling squarely in the middle, I'm going to ask you guys my questions and maybe even talk about the answers. Who knows? Ooh. So let's start with one that's a little bit of a numbers one for you. The very first Academy Awards were distributed what date? I will, I'll let you get away with just telling me month and year, but if you can give me the day, bonus points.
0: I know it was 19... It was 1929, right? That was the year.
2: That was the year. April? May 16th, ah. 1929 at the Hotel Roosevelt. May.
1: So late, but not uh, not too late. I was expecting it was going to be at the entire different part of the year.
2: No, and looking over it, the Oscars have kind of bounced around from February to May since their inception. And it's only in the last five or... 10 years that it's really been narrowed down to just one month in particular.
0: Award um, show season.
2: Yeah. So the Academy was organized, it was actually inspired by Lewis B. Mayer, head of MGM Film Studios, and then organized mm-hmm. and led by actor Douglas Fairbanks Sr. as a non-profit organization to advance and improve the film industry. So unlike today, where the winners of the Oscars are announced at the award ceremony, everybody at the original dinner knew who was winning, and they were just sort of there to give each other pats on the back. Continuing on with the, the history, and you know, it's, it's Black History Month. I feel like it's only fair that I have at least one of these. Who is the very first African-American to win an Oscar and I will tell you, it's for supporting actress.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hattie McDaniel. Say that. <laughs> for- Absolutely. Yeah, see, I didn't know it was the longest movie. I was too busy looking at the accomplishments in the people with the... <laughs> Quiet, you. Um, <laughs> who is the... Or what is the only sequel to ever receive a win for Best Picture?
0: godfather 2
2: mm-hmm. the only sequel worth mentioning possible mm-hmm. exception terminator 2 Beep. or back to th- or back to the future too if you cut out if you cut out all the western parts so yes the only sequel to ever receive a win for best picture was the godfather part 2 what about what actor has won two honorary awards Honorary. Two honorary. Best Actor Honorary Awards over his career and no other Oscars. Two Honorary Awards.
0: I was going to say Peter O'Toole, but I think he only got one. Can you give us more of a hint?
2: One of the most recognizable actors from any time, even today, although he is a classic actor.
0: How far back are we talking classic?
2: We're talking black and white films mm-hmm. and trademark walks or attire.
0: Charlie Chaplin.
2: Absolutely. Originally a nominee for Best Actor, Best Writer, and Best Comedy Director for the Circus, Chaplin was actually removed from those categories so he could receive an honorary award, a change that some attributed to his general unpopularity in Hollywood at the time. It was the last Oscar that he would get until he got another honorary award in 1971. Wow. So... Two Oscars, never actually, you know, I guess earned, both Both honorary.
0: One of the most brilliant filmmakers, though. I mean, cutting edge in every way, especially when you get to The Great Dictator, which I cannot believe he didn't win for, because it's such a profound movie.
2: So only three films have ever won all five of... You know, have ever won the big five for them? The best picture, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. Hmm. So only three films have ever won all five of those. Can you tell me what are the three? Picture, director, actor,
1: actress, and screenplay?
2: Yes. Is a
0: streetcar named Desire one of them? No. Oh. And these are more recent, you said?
2: I will give you the dates. One is from 1934. One oh. is from nineteen seventy five and one is from nineteen ninety one.
0: Silence of the Lambs.
2: Oh. That's the nineteen ninety one. Yeah. It's insane to me that you two can't come up with the nineteen seventy-five <laughs> winner.
0: Is it's it's, it's probably it's something huge, right?
2: It was a crazy big hit.
0: Of course. And that's why I'm drawing a blank. Because it's the most obvious one. Oh, uh,
2: Maybe if I ratchet up my innuendos, you'll get it.
0: Please. And I know you just gave me a clue, and I'm... I'm...
2: I've given you three clues yeah. in a row. People at home are jumping up and down.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. I'm a dummy.
2: One flew over the cuckoo's house. Oh.
0: You said ratchet. It's ratchet. Yeah.
2: Still. Yes, but I'm hoping that after saying it was a crazy hit... Or insane how well it did. Uh, you're right. I should have. I should have built my puns much more obviously. Apologies.
0: <laughs>
2: the 1934 one, appropriately named, "It Happened One Night." Oh, that's right. So I'm going to take a moment and talk a little bit about the actual history of Hollywood, separate. From the questions, but I, I believe Cameron has held his place as our expert with the most right answers from any of us.
0: Oh yeah, Woot Yes! Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: so a toast to you, Cameron. Yes. Um, meaning, should you ever rejoin us, the trivia topic would be once again of your pick. Oh. So whatever, whatever you wanted to force us to learn about.
0: Yes, force learning.
2: The well, best learning something. is forced learning. That's motivation right there. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about, as I said, the very first Oscars distributed in May 16th, 1929 at the Hotel Roosevelt um, and that it was known about. So a little bit about those first Oscars. Hilarious, full of second places and scandals and unfair choices. The Best Picture nominee at the time of the first Oscar ceremony Sound had just been introduced into film. The Warner Brothers movie, The Jazz Singer, which was one of the first talkies, was not allowed to compete for Best Picture because the, the Academy decided, probably fairly, that it wasn't really a fair contest to have movies without sound compete with silent films.
0: Mm-hmm. Scandals.
2: So the very first official Best Picture winner and the only silent film to win Best Picture was Wings. Yeah. Yeah. The most expensive movie of its time with a budget of $2 million. Two Which, million
1: dollars. <laughs> Interesting little trivia side note. We just talked about uh, Catherine Hepburn and Kate Blanchett playing her in The Aviator. And in The Aviator, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes of the film Wings being made.
0: I was just going to say is that that's a Howard Hughes picture, correct?
2: It is, indeed. Absolutely. So, uh, then, the best actor. Well... <laughs> There's, there's two schools of thought on who the best actor from the first Oscar was. Uh, the person who actually took the award was Emil Jannings, a German actor who would go on to make propaganda films for the Nazis. And apocry- apocryphally, when the Allied forces finally invaded Germany, it was said uh, Emil was holding up his Oscar statue in front of him as kind of a shield or defense. I
0: don't think that would work too well.
2: Well, that's why I said it's an apocryphal story, but he was the first, the first actor, a German actor, Emil Jannings, who won. However, if you listen to the conspiracy theories, the real winner of 1929 for Best Actor was Rin Tin Tin.
0: Say what? Doggy?
2: <laughs> yeah, Rin Tin Tin, the 11-year-old German shepherd rescued from wartime France during World War I by a U.S. airman. He starred in 27 films. He was the air bud of his day. Uh, Four of those films were released in 1929 alone. But Louis B. Mayer decided that giving a dog the very first of what he hoped would be legendary gold-plated statuettes would probably give the wrong impression, and even if not entirely devalue the ceremony would set a curious precedent so even though he got the most votes for best actor in a first round voting (laughs) it was given to emile jennings
0: wow so your choice were a dog or a german dude
2: the academy held a second round of voting with human contenders only and emile was the best of the bunch (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't follow the film industry closely, for the Academy Awards, a film has to open in the previous calendar year in Los Angeles County in order to qualify for the following year's Academy Awards ceremony. So anything that wants to qualify for an award in 2017 has to open in 2016. And that's sometimes why you'll see Oscar contenders bumped to the very last minute in in December rollouts so they can still be nominated, or conversely held in January so they can be nominated for the following year if they're worried about the competition. So the last one I want to talk about is the Oscar Statue itself. Um, the Academy, even though it was formed in nineteen twenty nine, didn't start using the nickname Oscar until nineteen thirty nine. And nobody really knows how it got named. There's Two stories, the most commonly accepted that it is named for an actress's Uncle Oscar, who the statue reminded her of. But it's kind of a very nondescript, genderless, art deco statue holding a sword. So, no one really knows where the name came from. Officially, the statuette is called the Academy Award of Merit, and it was first made in Illinois by... C C W Shumway & Sons Foundry. S- but since 1982, it's been made by R. S. Owens & Company in Chicago. Interestingly enough, ni- since 1950, neither winners nor their heirs have been allowed to put Oscars on the market. And I thought about making that one of my questions. How much is an Oscar worth? I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> How dollar. much is it worth?
0: A dollar.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so nobody can sell their Oscar without first offering it to the Academy for $1. And the only person who has successfully sold an Oscar is the daughter of Orson Welles, who auctioned his off for charity for $861,000 with the permission of the Academy. Oh, wow. Uh, So that is everything I can tell you about the early history. So the very first best actor was a dog. (laughs)
0: It's just hilarious. (laughs) It kind of cheapens the whole thing. And yeah, Mayer was totally right in that regard, but oh my goodness.
2: Right? How would that change today's Oscars? Think, what wonderful performances have you seen from Animals in the last year?
0: I'm not sure I really want to go there with certain controversies as of late. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. But uh, this... The, the show's been going on for, for so long that that there's all sorts of interesting awards, facts, and figures. And um, I was going to say, uh, would would you like me to, to bring in my knowledge of, of what I was talking about earlier?
2: Absolutely. What's an EGOT? Isn't that one of the uh, Ghostbusters?
0: Oh, uh, that's Egon.
2: <laughs> I loved him. Yeah, so I, clever.
0: I miss Harold Ramis a lot. Oh, but no. The the EGOT actually stands for Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. So they're the big awards for uh for merit in uh, the arts, essentially. And there have been twelve individuals to date who have won all four awards in competitive categories. Um, you can tack on an. Additional five other performers who have won, uh, in non competitive categories or a mix. Sometimes they get honorary statues and then also have competitive awards. Um, and so some of these people include, I'm not gonna name all of them, but, and, and in fact, the most recent EGOT was awarded to Robert Lopez. Do you know who he is? No. Robert L- George
2: Lopez's brother. Oh, no.
0: Robert Lopez and, and Robert Lopez completed his EGOT in 2014. He's the composer of a very well-known and overplayed song. You might know it for, as the wonderful song from Frozen, Let It Go. Oh, I just can't. It's too damn popular.
1: <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so yeah. he's so, gotten some of his awards from the Book of Mormon. Then. Yes.
0: He won for the Book of Mormon and for Avenue Q. And uh, so, and he also won an Emmy for something in two thousand eight. I believe it was a, something he did for Disney. I'm not one hundred percent sure on that. Um, we do have several uh, several other EGOT winners of note. are Whoopi Goldberg, uh, who completed her EGOT in uh, two thousand two, winning an Emmy. Um, she also held holds a Grammy uh, for a comedy album. Uh, her Oscar was, of course, for Ghost and Tony Award for her one-woman show on Broadway. We also have Rita Moreno, who is one of my favorite EGOT winners because she won her Emmy for being on The Muppet Show, and she won her Grammy for being on the first recording of The Electric Company. So, you know, big props to Rita Moreno, whose big catchphrase is, Hey, you guys! (laughs) <laughs> Amongst other things. But, yes, yeah, she's the one who who did that, and it's really awesome. But she also won her Oscar uh, playing Anita in West Side Story, which is an amazing performance. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Another uh, EGOT winner, Mel Brooks. Another, uh, the late Mike Nichols. And we may have a new EGOT winner. Actually, in uh, if, if he successfully wins this year, he would be a P-GOT winner because he's also won the Pulitzer. And... Care to guess who that might be?
2: If you tell me the movie, I'll give you an actor. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll tell you the movie, and it's going to be very obvious.
2: Okay. I I know it already.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, I'll get the movie (laughs) Moana.
2: Oh, it's Lin-Manuel, because Dwayne The Rock Johnson hasn't won Tonys.
0: (laughs) 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 Yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda. If he wins this year, he will be a PEGOT winner, which is very interesting. Now, others who have won... um, if you want to include people who have won for non-competitive or who've gotten special Oscars, you can also include Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli, and James Earl Jones, Alan Menken, and Harry Belafonte. And in addition to that, those people have also won AFI awards, Kennedy Center honors, National Medals of the Arts, and also even Liza Minnelli and Alan Menken also have the distinction of also having been awarded the Golden Raspberry. <laughs> oh, the best of the best and the worst of the worst all together.
2: That's somebody who commits to the craft.
0: Oh, hey, you know it. I mean, but what's really interesting is some of these people have won over different disciplines. So, for example, you have Mel Brooks who has won – for his Academy Award was for Best Writing Story and Screenplay for the Producers. But his Emmy Awards are uh, for a combination of writing and acting. Uh, his Grammy Awards are for acting and also for producing, uh, musical out, al- the musical album of the producers. And his Tony Awards are for the production and writing of the producers. So you have, you have interest. Some people actually go cross discipline, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and then you have some people like Scott Rudin, who just basically produced everything under the sun and is still producing everything under the sun. And I swear, I, I see his name everywhere. Scott Rudin is everywhere. He's right behind you! <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's an interesting thing, and obviously, you know, it, it can it can definitely be the egot or, or or you know, being an egot winner, as it were, uh, really says a lot about the the long term, uh, you know, bulk of a person's career. Um, you know, it's interesting. You look at like Harry Belafonte and. He was given – his Academy Award is actually a humanitarian award given all of his wonderful outreach and community and, and, and work over So there.
2: it's not for Beetlejuice?
0: No, although <laughs> his contribution to the it really. should be. Well, but – Harry
2: know, Belafonte made that movie.
0: <laughs> yes, and, and he did win his Grammys for that music. Um but there's there's other people. There's a lot of people who are this close, or who were this close in their careers, um, who were missing. You know, they had three out of the four major entertainment awards, and there's some big names on the list. Um, for example, currently living people, you have Elton John, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Al, uh, Alan Menken. If you don't count his honorary award, um, Stephen Sondheim, uh, Cher. Let's see here. Julie Andrews, um, Kate Winslet. So there, there there's some, and Maggie Smith, Professor McGonagall. So, you know, there, there are some, there are some big people there. And, uh, you know, the, and sadly there were people who, who died before completing it, unfortunately. And also some very big people, Henry Fonda, um, let me see who else, uh, Robin Williams, Peter Ustinov, uh, George Burns. I mean, you know, so it's, it's really interesting to see how far people have, had, Come and still maybe didn't get quite there, so it's a it's a real feat to be able to say I've won an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar, and uh, it, it's pretty cool.
2: I want to see the person who does all of that and takes a Heisman as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're saying Mark Harmon? Wait, did he win the Heisman? I don't think he won the Heisman, but I know he was he played football. But
2: that's the only. That's I'm just I'm just football. saying Hollywood needs to step up its game. So, if it really wants to have all the awards.
0: So so we need people who can win the triple crown of acting plus the sports they award. don't. Oh, no, no. They don't
2: have to be horses. No crowns need be involved.
0: <laughs> well, they do call the triple crown of acting, um, and that's a whole separate uh, category. Basically, acting wins in Emmy, Oscar, and Tony categories. Um, the oldest person to do that, and probably the most recent, I think, is uh, Christopher Plummer.
1: Do you know who has hosted the Oscars the most number of times? It's usually one that's a pretty obvious that comes up a lot. Bob Hope, Is, yeah, Bob Hope. <laughs> he hosted it. He hosted it eighteen times. So many times, and and throughout several different decades, always one of the most popular. Often co-hosting, but sometimes co-hosting by himself. And then uh, more recently, Billy Crystal hosted. Uh, he's hosted a total of eight times. He's still around. Hopefully he'll get to add to that again soon. And then uh, Johnny Carson, five, Whoopi Goldberg, four, and Jack Lemmon, four. I think Jack Lemon is not necessarily someone that many of us think as having been an Oscar host. Jack
2: Lemon. Not without
1: Walter Matthau, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had them do that. That really is a missed opportunity, isn't it?
0: Yes. That Odd Couple thing would have been brilliant marketing.
1: And then, uh, well, if we go to this year's Oscars, there's a few things that could happen this year and a couple of milestones that have already been reached just with the nominations. First off, in the Supporting Actress category, we have three African-American nominees, which is the first time in history of the Oscars that three African-Americans have been nominated in an acting category, uh, in the same category. And then uh, Denzel Washington should he pull off a win he would be only the third person to direct himself to a best actor oscar do you know who the other two were
0: mel gibson's one
1: no, no yeah. actually oh. he won best director he didn't oh. win best actor
0: uh, one, it's of them, um, um, one of them one of them's
1: very recent within the last 15 years he's famous for his speeches, more than anything else, his speeches oh. of jumping up on the chairs, oh, hugging Roberto and kissing Benigni. people.
0: Roberto Benini. There you go. Yes. Uh, yeah. When you said jumping
2: up on chairs, I was torn between Roberto Benini and Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and then prior to him, you'd have to go all the way back to
1: Laurence Olivier, also directed himself to a Best Actor Oscar. Uh, since then, we've had many people get nominated for... Uh, an acting award that they also directed. Uh, I can think of a couple like Billy Bob Thornton for Sling Blade that he directed, and he was nominated for Best Actor for that. But no one has been able to win in recent years except for Roberto Benini. So with uh, Denzel Washington's Screen Actors Guild Award win, it puts him up there with a really good shot this year at being only the third person ever to uh, direct himself to an acting win.
0: Wow.
2: And then uh, in the <laughs> he goes back home to the... pats himself on the back. He's like, <laughs> I, I did a good job today. I know. I brought home this award to prove it. Well, thanks, me. You're, you're, good enough.
0: Your ego, you're smart I mean. enough. Yeah, it's, you're the best actor, and you brought yourself to that point. I mean, that sounds almost like another Inception moment there.
1: It is. It is. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Um, the uh, There's one other milestone that happened already with the nominations, on the best supporting actress with octavia spencer 's nomination, this is an odd one i didn't uh, i didn 't actually know this until I was reading about the awards. Uh, she is the first african american uh, actress to win and then get nominated again. All ah. the previous winners did not get nominated anymore after they won
0: interesting
1: so uh but we 'll see it seems like um uh, Viola Davis has about the odds-on favorite to win in that category. But uh, that's an odd little bit of trivia there.
0: Doesn't Viola also hold a new record for having the most nominations for a, an African-American actress?
1: I believe so, yes. I yes. believe she's had uh, three supporting actress and uh, a Best Actress nomination mm-hmm. so far.
0: In other words, it's her time. Give it to Viola. Exactly.
2: Wow, yes. Yeah, <laughs> or at least toss another one Charlie Chaplin's way. Yeah, yeah come on. You know, it's, it's been it's that. been years. He's probably aching for another.
0: <laughs> Very or
2: maybe we can just retroactively take some of uh,
1: Meryl Streep's nominations and Mar- add yeah. those up to a win. Yeah, yeah. spread those around. He doesn't need all of those.
0: Well, but if this one, for twenty. 20-
1: I'd, I think it's more than that. Actually, let's let's find out here.
0: I'm trying to find. It. I think it. I think I saw. Yeah, Mar- Oh yeah. Here we are. Extends her own nomination record from 19 to 20 this year. Wow. Play, playing one of my operatic idols, and I say that in quotations. Idols, Florence Foster Jenkins. And honestly, I cannot believe that she was able to sing out of tune and that badly for so long.
2: But people <laughs> loved her.
0: Oh man, <laughs>
2: Florence, Florence Foster Jenkins deserves an episode all her own.
0: Oh, and we will definitely discuss her at one point, and maybe if we do an opera, an opera-themed episode, because she's an enigma wrapped inside a tragedy, wrapped inside a comedy, wrapped inside a train wreck. So,
2: there is that lovely woman.
0: Lovely woman. So, hey, she does wonderful things, but whoa!
2: So, Cameron, what <laughs> other what other uh, facts about the ceremonies themselves can you tell us? Well, what uh, what are we wanting to know about?
0: Oh, anything, anything. Give give us all the dirt. Hmm.
2: Um, well, we already talked about streaking, and we talked. Has anybody ever refused an Oscar? Yeah, you've
1: had a couple. Do you do you know any of the famous ones? You had both uh, uh, George C. Scott refused his Best Actor Oscar for Patton uh, for, yeah, for okay. political reasons, and you also had uh, Marlon Brando uh, semi-refuse or give his award away, also for political reasons. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if we've had uh, non-acting awards also refuse their awards. I know that. Uh, Actors tend to be the much more outspoken and political, so those those two were pretty close together, and both happened uh, to be uh, very famous during political upheaval times.
0: Do you know of any uh ties in uh, in any award ceremonies or any major major ties that happened?
1: There have been ties um, do you Do you know any of them off the top of your head?
0: The one big one that I I remember is, uh, and this was the one I had to to look up uh, to make sure I got the date right, but it was 1969 Best Actress. It was uh, a tie between Barbara Streisand and Katherine Hepburn.
1: Ah, Back to Katherine Hepburn again.
0: It always goes back to Katherine Hepburn.
2: Except (laughs) when I'm answering questions.
0: Yes, but that was the year. Catherine Hepburn actually wasn't, I think, there, and so Barbara got to do her acceptance speech all alone, and that was when she said, Hello, gorgeous, which was her first line in uh, the film that she won for, Funny Girl. So, hello, gorgeous.
1: I know know very recently we had, uh, I can't remember what year this was, uh, just in the past couple of years we had one of the best sound or sound editing awards was a tie between... Um, I think it was Zero Dark Thirty and something else. Uh so they've had ties in technical categories as well. And I'm sure in the very early days of the Oscars, along with like your Rentin Ten and Emil <laughs> Jennings tie, I think there was a best actor tie somewhere in the first couple of years as well. But I don't know the um who the winners were of that particular year.
0: And I'm still laughing at Rin Tin, Tin. Um how about uh, posthumous awards? Or even nominations. Because I know there's one this year. Um I know that there, there's August Wilson is the first Pulitzer Prize winner and uh well actually an eighth writer overall to receive a, a posthumous Oscar. Posthumous
1: Oscar in writing? That's impressive.
0: But well, uh, who, I mean, else? who else do we have? What you've heard of
2: ghostwriters. Right?
0: <laughs> well not <just> in <laughs> writing, but even in acting. Uh who, who do we know who's who's been uh either nominated posthumously or even won?
1: Well, we know uh, very recently the very famous Heath Ledger winning uh, the Golden Globe Screen Actors Guild and the Oscar posthumously for The Dark Knight, and uh, I think that that's the most recent uh, posthumous acting nomination. There's
2: only two, actually. One was Heath Ledger, and the only other was uh, Peter Finch, who won...
1: Oh, yes. that's he
2: won I mean. it in 1977 for uh, for his role in the movie Network. And he had just passed away, I think, not long before the Oscar
1: ceremony that year.
0: And he was mad yeah. as hell and he wasn't going to take it anymore. <laughs> Sorry, yeah,
2: could- so he he yeah. passed away in in January of that year and then the Oscars was held, I believe, in March...
1: I think you've got some other – you've got a lot of technical awards and uh, awards for things like shorts, uh, art direction, music that have gone to uh, people posthumously. I know that – I believe Bernard Herrmann was nominated for Taxi Driver. Uh, I think that was after he passed away. Mm -hmm. That was probably also the same year. Um, I believe – am I right that Conrad Hall – May have gotten a posthumous cinematography award, uh, but I'm not certain about that and uh, you know more than I do. <laughs> I'm sorry
0: I said you know more than I do
1: <laughs> i think uh, I think if we go all the way back to the very early years of the Oscars, uh, Gershwin was probably nominated after his passing as well
0: Wow. Huh. Yeah, that's the thing. There's, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the, the, um, especially the, the, the film scoring awards. I've always found very interesting. Like, did you know that Ennio Morricone, one of the most prolific uh, film scoring legends, only recently won his first competitive Oscar. And that was after he'd won an honorary award a few years back in 2007. So almost 10 years later, he finally wins for the Hateful
2: Eight. I was about to say, wasn't that... Tarantino brought him out of retirement?
0: Yes, well, because mm-hmm. what happened was Tarantino was pulling different selections from other films, and Morricone got so pissed because he was taking his music out of context, that he finally said, if I come out of retirement and write you something original, will you stop doing that? So he did. That is,
2: that is not how Mr. Tarantino tells the story, but <laughs> I'm glad that the two of them managed to work together. Uh, what about, do you know the First animated film to be nominated for an Oscar. No, we mean for Best Picture? Best Picture or for Best... Well, well, yeah, let's let's start with Best Picture.
0: Well, that was Beauty and the Beast, right?
2: Yes, it was. Ah. And who, to this day, is still the holder of the single greatest number of Oscars as an individual? Walt Disney? Yep. Do you know how many?
0: 9 million, I don't know.
2: <laughs> all of them. They all belong to <laughs> Disney. <laughs> no, 26.
0: And does that include the small statuettes that he got in the honorary category for those for the seven Dwarves?
2: That inclu- Yeah, that actually does. His his <laughs> first Oscar was <laughs> he didn't have the uh the money. but he has 26 individual awarded to him personally Oscars. Wow. Um so you know he's he's doing all right even in death. Um, yeah. Sure, he'll be another one who can get tossed a posthumous Oscar.
0: That's well, one rich mouse. That's all I can say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then just the last one: Does anybody want to just take a guess how many Pixar movies have won Oscars? Ooh,
0: does this include short films?
2: Yes, includes their short film, just everything, all short
1: films and okay, uh, the films, 12.
2: pre pre film, whatever. It's I, I will 10. tell you, it's a pretty high number compared to what you might think. Oh,
0: hmm. more, than 20?
2: more than twenty. More than twenty. Wow, really? Wow. I mean, remember, Pixar has released a total of fourteen feature films. So, Ooh. of over those fourteen, in all categories.
0: Uh, 36? 210. What?
2: (laughs) Pixar has released 14 films with 210 awards won and 211 awards nominated, which means in an Oscar year or in in a year in which Pixar is running, bet on them. 210 awards. Out of 211 nominations, and that includes Toy Story, 1, 2, and 3, Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, even Cars, Ratatouille, WALL-E, and Brave. Wow.
0: Oh, and did you get Up in there?
2: Yes, I did. And up, Up is only the second animated film to be nominated for Best Picture after Beauty and the Beast.
0: And how many of us think that's because the first 20 minutes make you sob like a baby?
2: The only thing that got nominated was the first 20 minutes. <laughs> the rest of the movie is not, you know, it's just you know, it's your usual Pixar fare. But I think that's, that's probably it. So, you know, let's, let's wrap this one up with uh, Cameron, who do you think is going to win for the big five this year? It's, it's hard to say.
1: It had been seeming for a while like La La Land was just going to be running a sweep on a bunch of the awards. But um, it's, you know, talk within the industry seems to be that people don't feel maybe it's necessarily deserving of as much hype and praise as it's going to as it's been getting. So I don't know it, um, if you just look at it on the basis of the number of nominations and critical praise. You would think Moonlight has a really great shot, but if it were to win, I believe it would actually surpass The Hurt Locker to be the lowest-grossing Best Picture winner of all time. Mm. Uh, and if we go by Box Office, which is sadly sometimes an indicator of what wins Best Picture, uh, Hidden Figures and La La Land have the best shot at it. They are the top two highest-grossing, and I believe the only two of the nominees that have gone over $100 million so far.
0: Wow. Oh.
1: So I think it's probably a two-horse race, really, though, between La La Land and Moonlight at this point.
0: And would you say okay. that about the acting categories as well? Some of the acting categories, I know, not Moonlight's not nominated for everything acting category-wise, but I mean,
1: yeah, it's true. But Moonlight is pretty much. I think. Uh, he, I think uh, Ali is going to win Best Supporting Actor. And I think Viola Davis is going to win Best Supporting Actress. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we had discussed a little earlier, it's kind of a toss-up at the early part of the season. It it seemed like Casey Affleck was a shoe-in for Best uh, Actor. And then um, more recently, it seems like maybe Denzel is going to sneak in there and win over him, uh, which would be a very much deserved second Best Actor win for him. And then on the actress side, it seems like if we follow the pattern of previous years of what wins the... Golden Globe and the SAG Award if it's the same person then they also win the Oscar it seems to indicate that Emma Stone is almost uh, virtually guaranteed the Oscar this year on mm. uh, director wise that's also uh, kind of a toss up I think again between uh, Damien Chazelle for La La Land and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight I have a feeling this is going to be one of those years where it's split where the best director and the best picture are not of the same film
0: Okay, so we won't see a whole matching set.
1: I don't think so. I don't think we're going to see one of those four or five, uh, the big five winning this year. Although La La Land is the one that has the shot at it. Right,
0: but, but I don't. So strong. In some yeah, I
1: don't, I don't think the momentum's behind it. I don't think the momentum is certainly behind uh, Ryan Gosling winning Best Actor. I think he would be a long shot at this point.
0: And and what about that elusive you know best original song category? Do do we think that uh, do we think that How Far I'll Go is good enough to actually give Lin Manuel his EGOT? Or is I it hope so. I mean, I really I
1: really love Lin Manuel Miranda, so I would love to see that happen for mm-hmm. the
0: man. I was going to say because Justin Timberlake's in there, man. You know, he could be the next one up for an EGOT if we get him on Broadway.
1: <laughs> it's it's and and then and then oscars after that i'm sure for for best actor and got to get him uh let's see he's got his grammy he's got his he's got his uh <laughs> emmys for for snl so we need to get him a pulitzer now
0: <laughs> just to really round it out you know just yep. so we're like if you had all listened to this we want you to be incredibly well-rounded in your awards <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, and then the last thing, Cameron, is do you know anything about how the Academy actually votes to choose who the nominees or the winners are?
1: They, well, for the the winners, they have this very strange counting procedure that no one entirely ever understands. I always wonder if the Academy even understands what they're doing with it, where when uh, uh, the votes are counted, if uh, two votes in a row are for the same then one gets tossed and they move on to the next one. And this, this, I'm not sure why they do it this way. I think that the only other award show that does it this way may be like the National Critics Association, whereas everyone else just counts the total number of votes. So this has been a controversy within the industry for some time, but the Academy seems to be sticking to their guns about their particular method for counting and tossing out duplicate votes when they come one after the other. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure what their reasoning is. I'm, I don't know if uh, they could even tell you.
2: So, last trivia question for you, Cameron. Which mm-hmm. is more confusing, the academy voting system or the electoral voting system?
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a tough one, isn't it? Maybe we need to reform both
2: of them. i think we should just switch them let's just switch them for a couple years yeah see See how it turns out
0: i was gonna say voting systems in america clearly need some tweaking (laughs) maybe just every voting system for every possible outcome of everything let's just let's just tweak it all
2: all right (laughs) well that's it for uh This special episode of Get Fact Up. Join us next time when, let's see, what will our topic be? I believe Cameron will, if you're rejoining us, you choose the topic. If you're not going to rejoin us for the next week, Jess, we will, uh, I believe you won in our showdown this week. So our next topic is going to be what?
0: Our next topic inventions in the 1800s and i want them weird as possible
2: okay so we're gonna be if you want to learn about inventions inventors and making stuff work maybe for fans of violet baudelaire and lemony snicket tune in next time as we help you get fact up and let's end let's all raise our glasses and cheers to knowledge with uh cameron you have any good toasts you can bring us out on uh let's let's just cheers to uh,
1: another year of great movies and hopefully an amazing Oscar show that we can all sit and enjoy All right I'll drink to
0: that as will I Thank you so much Cameron You are awesome Thank
2: you Woo. Get backed up
0: Yeah get backed up. <laughs>